0: In this video, I'm going to give you five super important tips if you are purchasing a golf cart here in 2023. My name is Sloan Whitaker, and I own and operate a golf cart dealership with my father called BA Carts here in Van Wert, Ohio. And if you'd like to see any more videos, tips, advice like this, please hit that subscribe button so back in the day you might have had one or two golf cart dealers to choose from within a drivable area or in your city and you pretty much had three golf carts to choose from with a few smaller brands trickled in there so you had easy go yamaha and club car then a few smaller brands like star car and maybe Tomberlin. now in 2023 you've got a golf cart dealer every five square miles And you've got an overwhelmingly amount of golf carts to choose from. Not only do you still have easy go club car Yamaha. Now you've got evolution and magic and Navitas and icon and advanced EV and many, 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 many more brands to choose from. And it can make you quite confused and overwhelmed. Now, if you're shopping for a golf cart now in 2023, because there's so many dang dealers and golf carts to choose from and With that being said, I think it's more important than ever now for me to give you some of my thoughts and advice because I've been a golf cart dealer for many years now and I know a lot, I've learned a lot, and I think I could just help you out by giving you some advice on what to look for if you're purchasing a golf cart this year. Tip number one, your golf cart is only as good as your dealer. Now this is number one because it's the most important. And I've been saying this for years to customers. Your golf cart is only as good as your dealer. Yes, some models of golf carts out there might be more prone to break down or give you issues than other models, but at the end of the day, those issues are very contingent on the dealer you're purchasing from if they're not a good dealer, and here's why. One, a good dealer will not knowingly sell you a golf cart that they think is going to give you issues short-term or long-term. A good dealer just wouldn't do that. And two, a good dealer wouldn't sell you a golf cart that they think is going to give you issues because they want you to be a... Repeat, repeat customer. They want to create a relationship with you. So why the heck would they sell you a golf cart that's going to give you issues, and then in return, not give them a good word-of-mouth uh, referral or not ever come back to buy another golf cart from you? That's just not what. That's just not smart. That's not practical. And a good dealer wouldn't do either one of those things. Number two, a good dealer will have a methodical uh, prep process checklist for every golf cart they build or get new and before they sell it. A good dealer will build this checklist, this methodical prep process for pre-owned carts and for new carts based on their experience with that OEM. So for example, certain models of golf carts can develop a pretty bad squeak in the roof between the roof struts and the roof. Well, a good dealer will know this and will go from experience, whether they experience the squeak themselves or they've been getting a call from a customer and saying, hey, this roof is squeaking, well, that dealer is going to make sure they're preventing that squeak on a cart that they're assembling that's new, or if, even if it's a cart that's a, that's pre-owned with a the rebuilding, they're going to make sure that they're making it their problem, and they're fixing it. A bad dealer will not care. A bad dealer will, will one, not even notice the squeak, so they're not, they don't pay attention to quality or, or the nitty-gritty details, or they just don't care that there's a squeak, and they don't want to do the work to fix it, and they just want it to be your problem, and if that's how they, if they just want to be your problem, chances are they're not going to do anything about it when you call them and say, hey, the roof is squeaking so bad. I don't even, even want to drive this golf cart around. A, a bad dealer just won't care. And that's just a small example. And three, as long as you, the customer, are understanding and you are fair, a good dealer will be very understanding and fair back. It's a two-way road. Meanwhile, a bad dealer could be very stubborn or hard to work with. For example, if you got warranty cons- concerns with your golf cart or you just got issues with your golf cart and you're, if you're, you know, understanding fair, like, hey, this is going on, you know, what, what, how, what can we do to get this fixed? A good dealer is going to meet you in the middle, you know, and, and work with you and, uh, you know, come back to you as you came to them. Meaning if you're nice, you're fair about it, you're good. A bad dealer, no matter how you come to them, might one might be hard to even get a hold of? Uh, they're going to try to you know get money out of you every time they can. They might f- fight you on warranty work. Um, it's just the overall experience of the service after the sale is going to be very different. But the the real thing I'm trying to hit home with this third point is that the a good dealer will be fair and understanding. So they're not going to try to siphon every uh, uh, penny out of you with every time you want them to work on your golf cart. However, I mentioned that you, the customer, needs to be understanding and fair because, again, it's a two-way road and it matters a lot. So you can't expect to go to a great dealer and then have issues with your golf cart and be rude, disrespectful, mean about it, very impatient about it, and expect a great dealer or a good dealer to just jump right on the first opportunity they have to take care of you the best of their ability. Number two, if you are shopping for a golf cart to be street legal, make sure you figure out your local street legal requirements and don't go worrying about the other requirements in another state or another county or another town because street legal requirements can literally vary within a five mile radius. I'm speaking from experience because I deal with this all the time. So You need to figure out, you need to go directly to the source. If you live in, I don't care where you're, Naples, Florida, go to your nearest BMV, nearest police department, title department, and where you're going to be driving the golf cart, in other words, and figure out exactly what they require for you to be street legal. For example, you might be in Naples, well, you can't just go to Fort Myers and ask them what they require to be street legal because it could be something different. I don't know. Um, but it, you can't just go there. Okay. Okay. Fort Myers requires this to be for my golf cart to be street legal. And then you do all that stuff and you get, you know, all the, their requirements on your golf cart. And then you get to Florida, Naples back to Naples and re- figure out, Oh crap. Naples re- requires this little thing or that little thing. That's, you can't do that. Go to your specific local area. Police Department, BMV, Title Department, and get that done. Because like I said, just because you're in the same state doesn't mean anything. We're in Ohio, and we got counties right next to us that don't require seatbelts. We got counties that require seatbelts, windshield wiper, title, license plates, all the street legal lighting windshield mirrors all that kind of stuff so it can even that even though we're in the same state i'm talking a half an hour radius it can change that much you know for example we're on the state line of indiana Indiana's pretty easy to get your golf cart street legalized a lot of it you just need street legal lighting and maybe like an smv sign or a flag and you get a little sticker from your county or from your town and you Your golf cart's legal now. Well, you can't go to Indiana and get this little sticker and then just expect to come to Ohio where you need a title and license plates and all the other requirements and then just drive legally on the road because that's not going to fly. Go to your specifically to the source and not make a mistake of thinking you're meeting the requirements and not. Another one bad example I've seen is some areas or towns require electric or even like developments. I've seen some townships or developments where they require an electric golf cart. The last thing you want to do is hear that your friend, Johnny, that lives five hours away knows what's required in Florida to be street legal. And then you, you know, you live in a development in Florida. So you go based on what he's saying. And then all of a sudden you buy a gas golf cart and then you realize your development or township or whatever your town doesn't even allow gas golf carts. Cause now you're going to be sitting there with a golf cart. You can't even use legally on the road. That's the last thing you want to do. So yeah go straight to the source. Number three is understand the difference between an LSV and a golf cart. So this one is very, very important, and it's becoming more important as the years go on. And this wouldn't, if I was doing a guide on buying a golf cart in 2020, I might not have even had this on my radar, but now a lot has been changing within the golf cart scene. And this kind of piggybacks on the street legal requirements. So an LSV stands for low speed vehicle. And although it can look just like a golf cart or can be the same exact model, it's just, the difference is is an LSV is stamped from the factory with a 17 digit VIN number, meaning, and it has a title or an MCO manufacturer certificate of origin. And that, that manufacturer is putting a 17 digit VIN on it, calling it an LSV because it meets the street legal requirements for, for the most part. Uh, as like a federal level, you know, just the headlights, windshield, mirrors, and stuff like that. A golf cart has a nine digit VIN and does not typically come with a title or MCO. You can typically get an MCO made from a manufacturer for a nine digit VIN golf cart, but it's not, you're not going to have an MCO. that's going to say LSV and you're not also, you're not going to have a title made for it out of the, from the factory. Yes, a dealer can make a title, but The manufacturer is not going to make a title for a nine-digit VIN golf cart. So this is very important because some states, some counties require LSVs to be on the road. You can't have a nine-digit VIN golf cart on the road. Uh, For example, Michigan, is they they have some counties that just kind of wing it and allow nine-digit VIN golf carts on the road. But for the most part, Michigan allows you or, or requires you to having lsv to be legal i've dealt with this firsthand and uh there's that's you're, that's just it like there's no way around it i know some of the car- areas in the carolinas require you to have an lsv otherwise your police department or your bmv or your title department won't even allow you on the road they won't even allow you to get a license plate for your golf cart or for your lsv uh if it's not a 17 digit VIN lsv now, don't think you can just outsmart the system because I've tried, I've tried to get golf carts turned into LSVs for customers, and it's just it's it's very difficult to do and it can vary by state. I know that for example, and I'll I'll cover that, but don't think you can just outsmart the system. You can't just go buy a nine digit Venn golf cart and expect, oh oh, I can easily just get this turned into an LSV. It's not that simple. Now, if you know, if you're listening to this, watching to this and you know how and you can please let me know. But from what I'm, I understand, a lot of businesses were doing this for people and now they're not in business anymore. I have seen and heard that Florida, there was some ways around in Florida that you, if you live in Florida and you're going to be titling your golf cart in Florida, you can have a nine digit VIN golf cart turned into an LSV in Florida. I've talked to some people that know how to, that have done that. Uh, but Otherwise, that's the only time I've ever heard of anybody actually being able to do that. But that's neither here nor there. The important thing is, is to know the difference between an LSV and a nine-digit VIN golf cart. Number four, don't solely base your decision on the price of the golf cart. So the industry is now flooded with golf cart dealers. And some regions in the country are very flooded, very saturated. So there's a lot of dealers to choose from. And if that's you, you have a lot of power as the customer. So versus a, a, a person that's shopping for a golf cart that might be in the middle of nowhere in the country that might have one dealer to choose from, that customer doesn't have much power because they either can buy from this dealer that's really close to them or you know, pay for shipping or go travel really far away to find a golf cart elsewhere. But if that's you and you have a lot of options to choose from, if you, your mindset is to just think, think I'm going to buy the cheapest golf cart I can find, or this is the model I want, Okay, let's say I got a, I want a club car onward. Okay, I'm going to buy the cheapest club car onward brand new. That's your mindset. You can't expect to get the best service, the best experience, the best product if that's your number one goal because that's just not realistic. The average customer understands that you get what you pay for. I tell this to people all the time, and I'm sure you've heard it too. A good dealer that offers an awesome service, awesome experience, awesome product doesn't necessarily have to be the cheapest option. Now, I'm not telling you that you won't be able to get the best price from the best dealer in your area, because sometimes you can. But here's how this works: If you got, let's say, you got dealer ABC down the road, to the left of the road, and they suck—they are not—they don't build good golf carts, they don't do great after the sale experience, they're not great at sales, they aren't good at working on golf carts. Whatever you know, they're just bad. Versus, you got dealer XYZ that's amazing at selling golf carts. They're amazing at the after after the sale experience, after the sale service. They're great with dealing with warranty work, and they're easy to communicate with and all that. Now, dealer ABC can't sell golf carts because they're not good at what they do. Dealer XYZ sells a ton of golf carts. Who do you think is more likely to cut you the better price if they both sell Club Car onwards? Do you think the dealer that sucks that can't sell golf carts is going to give you the better price or the the good dealer is? Well, chances are, most nine times out of ten, the dealer that can't sell golf carts is going to give you the best price because they need your money more than the good dealer does. Now, not always. Sometimes it can flip. Sometimes a dealer is so dang successful and so good, and if, if they're in a good mood that day, they might be able to cut you a better price than the bad dealer can because they can maybe afford to. But I wouldn't bet on that. You know, not like maybe not even nine times out of 10, ninety-nine times out of a hundred that might happen, but you can't just you can't think you can't go in with that mindset. The there's a reason. Typically, there's a reason you can get the golf cart the cheapest from this dealer, and the reason might vary. But again, if you just think, oh, I'm going to get the cheapest one, you're not going by the verbiage of of you get what you pay for, because you might quickly realize. You know, you might be you might buy the onward from dealer ABC and because you, you got it 750 bucks less and from then dealer XYZ had it and then you get it. And within a week or so, you have a squeak in the roof or you've got some issue and you start trying to trying to communicate with your dealer that, hey, this this issue I have you know, this is a warranty issue. Can you get it fixed? Um, and you figure out you can't even communicate with the dealer or they get, they won't get back with you, or you get all kinds of little issues with your onward, even though your buddy bought an onward from dealer XYZ, and he never had these issues with his cart. And now you're just left regretting buying this golf cart from this dealer because you saved 750 bucks. Then you're going to end up doing this tail between your legs thing as a, that, that's i never wish this upon any customer and you're gonna buy you bought this cheaper onward from this one dealer and then you're gonna go to the good dealer to ask them if they can fix the issue and i again it's just it is humorous it's, it's funny but i don't wish you the customer to have to have that you know make that decision or make that phone call but it happens a lot you know it, oh you can't get a hold of dealer abc now now XYZ is the only one you can get a hold of, the, the good dealer, the good dealer you can get a hold of, and they, you know, agree, hopefully they agree, to work on your golf cart. So again, don't make your decision, your do or die decision 100% based on price, because most likely, you're going to end up regretting that decision. And again, I'm not saying you're not going to be able to get the best price from the best dealer. Sometimes you can, but if you go in with a mindset that you're just price shopping, more likely than not, you're going to end up regretting your decision. Number five is don't solely base your decision on purchasing a golf cart based on a few comments you see on the internet. People are more than likely to complain on the internet than they are to praise a great experience. I could say that 10 times over again because it's so true. So you can't instantly just get discouraged about a dealership because you see one bad review about them or you see one comment in a Facebook group about them or in a form about them. You can't, it's it's again, it's a quantity thing. So, and also the internet is just, the internet is not necessarily the world. So you can't just say, oh, all I hear is great things about this dealership in person, but in the internet, I see that they suck because it's a different world. The internet is not the real world. So you can't just do that. But again, it's a quantity thing. Like I covered earlier, this is, Going for reviews, comments on the internet, on on certain websites, and all that. It's a quantity thing. So if you see the mass majority of comments about this dealer are good, then maybe they're good. They're probably good then. If you see hundreds or fifty bad remarks about this one dealership, then maybe they are bad. Um, it's just again, and this all ties together. All five of these steps tie together, and to you know hopefully. A, creates just a big blanket idea on how to actually find a good dealer to buy from but the subject on internet reviews and internet comments when it comes to golf cart models my talk track is very different there because like i said you can't think that the end all be all for dealers but you definitely can't think that for golf cart models here's why There's millions of people that think Dodge sucks. There's millions of people that think Ford sucks, and there's millions of people that think Chevy sucks. The reality of it is, is if any three of those vehicles actually sucked, they wouldn't still be here today. They wouldn't sell vehicles. You wouldn't see any out on the road. And it's because they are actually all three good vehicles. They're just—I know some of you might castrate me for this, but that's fine. We actually own a Chevy, Dodge, and Ford, so do with that what you will. But again. You can't do that. But guess what? There's millions and millions and millions of people that's going to be commenting on the internet that Ford sucks, that Chevy sucks, that Dodge sucks. And if you were to go on the internet and base your decision on what people think about a certain brand, you might never purchase any three of those vehicles because it's based on internet comments and people hold their opinions so dang strongly about certain OEMs, whether it's a car or or it's a golf cart. So you can't just think that based on like i said if you're going to go to facebook or a forum website you're going to see just as many bad comments about any oem of golf cart as you do good now some of them you might see a little more good than bad and vice versa but again everybody holds their opinion so dang strongly you can't just wing it and "Oh, oh i saw five bad posts about this certain brand of golf cart so i'm not going to buy it you just can't do that because you never know if you know, Bob bought a, whatever, a, a, he bought a pre-owned Yamaha golf cart. Um, this Yamaha golf cart, let's say it was just tattered and beaten to crap it was bought from a golf course that was, it was totaled and drove in the pond on the golf course. And let's say a bad dealer, dealer ABC bought the golf cart and didn't even restore it. They just sold it to Bob and they knew it was on his last leg. And it had maybe a couple hours of engine time to, before it blew up. And then Bob starts using it and the engine blows up a month down the road and gets all pissed off that, and thinks Yamaha suck now. And then goes on the internet and starts, you know, ragging Yamahas for the rest of his days on Facebook. You, you can't, you can't that that's now take that times a million because a lot of people do that. You can't just base your decision on one guy's or, or, or a thousand people's opinions. Um, cause you don't know the backstory. You know, there's a lot lot of golf carts in the world, just like there are cars. So you can't just base it right off of that. Now, I would say, talking from the dealer perspective, and sometimes it might be biased because the dealer might not want to sell or can't sell a certain model, so they might have a poor opinion about a certain OEM of golf cart because they can't get their own hands on it themselves. So they just sell against it. I get that. I'm a sales guy. I'm a dealer, so I understand that. But the funny thing about the internet is that, you know, majority of the internet opinions are inexperienced and they are, they should be voided because just because you read it on the internet doesn't mean that person should have an opinion. You know, I'm not trying to give you life advice here, but you know, 95, if not 99% of the opinions you're going to see about a certain model of golf cart are not going to be a well-educated thought or experience, but seeing a dealer's response that maybe maybe that's this dealer has worked on hundreds and hundreds of a certain oem now they have a much better you know well-shaped opinion about a certain oem than bob does because bob has only owned one golf cart and thinks Yamaha's are junk now a good dealer that's worked on tons of certain golf carts might say hey you know, I've worked on every hundreds and hundreds of every type of golf cart there is out there. And I've definitely seen like this golf cart has more issues with this than that brand does. So, you know, take with that what you will, you know, sometimes take, you know, that, that can be pretty important, especially if it's a dealer that's been doing it for quite a while. They, they might th- say, oh, yeah, I've been doing this for so long. And I know this one model of a certain golf cart just sucks. Like the engine goes bad quick or, the, you know, there's all kinds of different variables there. But again, you can't base your decision 100% on everything you see on the internet, because that's not necessarily just the real world. And again, people are more inclined to complain than they are to praise a good experience on the internet. So with that being said, those are my five tips. I hope this helps somebody. If you're listening in or watching in, thank you for listening. If you have answers or thoughts or opinions on anything I've said, please leave it down in the comment below. I'd love some feedback. But with that, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening in and have yourself a great day.